Welcome to the Amps Podcast. My name's Owen Peters, and this time I'm coming to you alone via a Sennheiser MKH50 in studio isolation. For this episode, we have the audio of a really interesting discussion, organised by Amps Chairman Rob Walker and hosted on the video conferencing app, Zoom. The focus of the talk is remote ADR and voice recording techniques that have been developed in response to the social distancing measures currently affecting our industry. Rob arranged some fantastic contributors, including Luciano Del Zoppo from Todeo, Ben Neems from Spacecrate, Mark Appleby from Goldcrest in London, and sound editors and dialogue supervisors including Michelle Woods, Mark Spector, Tim Hans, Jamie Roden, and Steve Little. And Rob Walker also includes his own approach to remote mix reviewing. They all talk openly about their experiences of preparing and delivering remote record solutions at the most professional level, in spite of the unprecedented challenges posed by the global lockdown. The talk was recorded over Zoom, so expect a bit of variation to the audio, but the content is just too good to miss. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us, everyone. I'm Rob Walker, the AMPS chairman, if you don't know me. Um, and yeah, um, thank you to everyone for, for coming along. And this started as a little idea I had on Monday morning uh, after seeing a few things that people have been posting about and chatting about online and then uh, very quickly turned into something else. So um, we've got quite a few guests here who have got things just uh, experiences from different perspectives on the topic. Um, so the way we're going to run things is that, first of all, uh, I'll just ask each of the speakers just to talk about their experience with doing um, remote recording and ADR. Um, and if you can hold off putting any questions to them initially, and then once everyone's had a chance to speak a little bit, um, then we'll open it to text-based questions in the chat, which any of the speakers can then kind of respond to. Um, so I hope that will kind of enable us to manage. We've got just over 100 people in at the moment, so uh, quite a, a popular event. So... I guess I have to pick a willing victim now to start with. So who should it be? Who should, should it be? Well, I kind of thought it might be interesting to start with people um, from, um, from the more commercial side, shall we say, because we've basically got people who are work, working for and representing companies, and then we've got people who are independent sound editors and um, dialogue uh, supervisors. So I thought perhaps we could uh, ask uh, Luciano Del Zoppo, who is part of the team responsible for the Todd AO app. Um, Luciano, are you there? Could you possibly yes, just give us a little bit of information about the app uh, for people who may not have used it, just in terms of what it does and how it can help us in this current situation? Okay, sure. Uh, well, the, for those who doesn't know the app, uh, uh, we we are Toreo. We are a, a sound post uh, company, as well as 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 many of you. And we we also have an ADR studio in LA. So a couple of years ago, we started developing an application. You know, many. Many of us has been using ADR on iPhones, on, on you know, mobile or phone ADR recorded while. 
So we were in a movie and we came up with the idea of developing an application to record ADR on an iPhone or iPad. Uh, of course, this, was, this wasn't meant to be to replace an ADR studio. This was just to, 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 to use in, in situations where it's very impractical for the actor to go to the studio. So maybe, maybe you finish production like six months ago and you start in ADR and your actor is already in some other production, some other country. So we really designed the, the application to, to work with a couple of loops, like 10 loops or so not not uh, not as much as that uh, only for those situations so well starting on we, we released the application like one year ago and nothing happens uh, you know the industry really didn't start to using it uh, of course there was much of, of studios saying this this on iPhone, this is for this is not for real work, this is just for, for well, whatever. So now with the COVID situation, many, many productions starting to use the app. And we were really happy because we really needed to have like a real experience experience using the app. You know, we, we did a lot of 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 laboratory testings where, where we designing the app, but not real situations with real movies or real shows or whatever working with the app. So we started to get in many, many feedback from productions since like March 13 or so. And we, we did a lot of updates to the application, like trying to make the application works better for you know, like four EQs or, or, or entirely, entirely ADR cues for, for a production. So, uh, well, I, what I can say is that the, most of them, they, they are really happy using the application. It's, it's doing pretty well. And of course, there's, there is a learning queue curve, a learning curve, not only for editors, to, to know how to prepare the videos and how to send them to the actors, but also for actors to know how to, to learn how to use the application. Of course, we designed the application like thinking that actors are not tech savvy at all. So the, the main goal of designing the application was that, that is, it needs to be super easy for actors. And, and it's, I think it is, and and we are getting we are getting good feedback from from productions and and people started to use it. So that's that's what I can say about the, the application. In case you have later any any questions about it, I can answer them later. Thank you. Um, one quick question I've got is: um, How long do you find the learning curve for an actor typically? Well, that, that depends on the actor, of course, but I think in just one day of using it, most of them uh, really get, really there is like three or four buttons for them to, to, to use. Like it, there's a preview, preview button to preview the, 
the video first to learn the, the tone and the performance. There's a recording button that, of course, they use to record the many takes as they want. And there's a playback button to play back the, the ADR recorded take and they can also adjust a bit of the sync in there. And then there is the, the, the part where they send the ADR recordings to, to the editor, producer or, or wherever. But yeah, it's, we try to make it as easy as possible. You know, there, there are some productions that instead of having the actor to install the application and, and, and guide, guide them through, through the process, they, they simply prepare an, a setup, uh, an equipment with an iPad loaded with the videos they need the actor to record and microphone and headphones and also a, a mic stand uh, and stand for the iPad and they send the, the, the equipment with a detailed uh, PDF mentioning what the actor should do. Of course, of course, the actor has to make like a part of the technician, you know, because they need to know where, where is a good room to record, where is not, how to place the, 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 the stand, where to place it and, and all this stuff. But, but you know, we, we, are, we are making, productions are making progress with, with actors and, and are happy. Of course, some of them are also remoting the session, like, like sharing the iPad screen from the actor and at the same time, a FaceTime calling or, or a phone calling to, to, to guide the actors through the session. And, and yeah, some of them are having success with that. Great, thank you very much. Um... I'm sure there'll be some questions later on, but uh, for now, uh, thank you, Luciano. Um, so, who should I pick on next? Uh, ben Neems from Space Crate. Perhaps you'd like to let us know what you've been up to. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, thanks, Rob. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Um, it's probably worth, before I kind of launch into what we've been doing recently, going back a little bit to, um, for those that don't know, what Space Crate is and what it was doing in the the bygone sepia tinted yesteryear of you know March when things were when things were different. Um, so we are a studio, a professional spec studio that's built inside the exoskeleton of a standard shipping container. So we transport this environment to set and we record ADR on set. That's our usual MO. Um, so our kind of our lockdown story is that we just finished a show um, kind of mid-February, actually working with Jamie, who's down there somewhere. Um, just finished a show with Jamie um, kind of mid-February. And having done so, we bought the container back, bought Space Crate back to our car park in, uh, in Wood Green in North London. And in the days that followed, that's when things kind of started going really sideways really quickly in terms of uh, people's willingness to go into town. Um, we started hearing about uh, features putting off till Christmas or whatever. And then things got you know, officially bad when we started hearing about um, enforced lockdowns. At the same time, we started getting phone calls from post supers across TV and film and in animation and games saying, well, Look, we've got all this stuff that's in the pipeline. We've, we're, we're 
we're almost finished. We're edited. We're everyone's remotely working. You know, all the audio guys made a heroic effort to decamp back to home studios, and they were getting up to a point. And then, when you need a human voice, when you need ADR, you need dialogue for a game or a TV show. You need voiceover. Um, that was when it all ground to a halt again. So we were getting phone calls from post supers saying, "Hey, that thing you've got—I've seen it on the internet. Can you can you bring it to our actor's house in in Hammersmith for an hour? Could you bring it to our actor's house in in the Cotswold for twenty minutes?" And it was kind of probably maybe we could, but we decided to do something different instead. So we had it in a place that we control. It's in our private car park, and we started thinking about how we could invert the usual "we come to you" model so that we could keep everyone separate. So what we have is, um, and if you like, I've got some photos I can share if it's helpful, but um, we have a professional spec ADR studio in our private car park, accessible in North London, where the actor will go. And they'll go there on their own, and they will see nobody, and they will touch nothing. And anything they do touch, mic clip or door handle, is sanitized, and they'll be wearing gloves. Everybody else involved is somewhere else. So the ADR mixer. So to, to use the example, I'll pick on Jamie again. If Jamie's recording an ADR session, he's using the same Sherps and DPA mics because that's what's in our container. He's using the same software. He's using Pro Tools, EDIQ, EDIPROMPT. Um, but he's using all that from home because we've got that stuff in the container. And over TeamViewer and Source Connect Pro, the ADR mixer, just like they normally would be, is driving that kit up to the point where they can control the mic pre-levels, they can uh, you know, adjust anything they need to adjust as they would do in a normal session. They're just not there. Um, so from a social distancing point of view, the way it works, actors will come to us. They'll be on their own, in their own car. They'll set foot in this room. They'll be connected immediately to their ADR mixer, who in turn will be looped in with the dialogue supervisor, the director, dialect coach, whoever's needed. And they'll record an ADR session just like they always would. And at the end of that session, um, the ADR mixer will tend to send themselves the audio files folder, even though they've captured you know, the source connected version. And then everyone's done. So I mean, a lot of what we've been talking about and we'll hear about tonight, um, you know, I think it's worth saying for the record, if you can get ADR, recorded by your actor or your talent um, in their own homes, you know, do that. Definitely, definitely do that. That's, that's the right way to go, right, in terms of staying home. Um, I think what we've started to see is that the quality of that, it's just difficult to, it's difficult to guarantee. And um, there seems to be a risk involved in asking an actor to, to do that and then if it doesn't work to go back to them and say hey that didn't work because as far as they're concerned they've they've done their bit so uh, you know, even if they're willing to try again somebody might have to pay for that too so um like i say if you can get it done at home do that if what you need is something that is adr done in the way that adr used to be done except that no one's near anybody no one's touching anything uh, no one's putting themselves at risk of contracting or further spreading the virus, um, then we can help provided the actor can come to us in, um, in North London. You know, and I think all these things we'll hear about tonight, they're, they're not this or that or the other. 
Uh, it seems to me we're all kind of um, components in this overall answer. We're all all different clubs in the same golf bag. And you're in any given production or any given show or any given character, yeah, it may be appropriate to use more than one of these depending on what the need is. The stuff that's um, less critical or for stuff that's more critical, different. Even, you know, just listening to Luciano a second ago talking about the Torreo application, there's no reason why that couldn't be combined. You know, the, the logistics of that, of prepping up all those cues, pre-packaged and ready for the actor is great. But if you just can't get it to sound right in their house, they could use their iPad and act as mobile ADR in space crate. So we could guarantee that it's soundproofed and acoustically treated. And if we could figure out a way, why not, why not route our Sherps, Boom, and our DPA lab into that iPad as well? So it's kind of combinations, I think, that, that um, we've been talking about a lot so far. So that's, that's what space crate used to do and, and the way we've kind of inverted it slightly um, to make sure we can we can offer a solution that's um, that's kind of contactless and, and compliant with guidelines and safe. Great, thank you, Ben. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so perhaps now I can ask uh, Mark Appleby from Goldcrest. Are you there, Mark? Hi, Mark. Um, you've got a slightly different take on that idea again so um perhaps mark if you wanted to just let us know uh your approach there you go you hear me now rob yeah got you now yeah um so yeah basically uh the deal is for me is similar to what ben's doing basically at space crate um we're trying to still run our adr studio uh, as we normally did. I work at Goldcrest post-production in London. Um, we're luckily enough, we've got two identical ADR rooms back to back. Um, normally I'd be in the room with the actor and everybody else. Obviously we use Source Connect and Skype and ISDN uh, uh, to link people in. We can still do all of that. Um, the good thing is about the studios is that we share a machine room. So basically what I've been doing over the past couple of weeks is I've been in there on my own and uh, basically figured out how to um, duplicate the image that I'm seeing on my projector of the film, uh, duplicating it to next door as well, so they also see the same thing. Uh, duplicate the microphones that are next door back into me, uh, and then send my actor's headphone feed instead of to my room with the actor being next to me, they go next door. So ba basically what we're doing is uh, we'd be having the actor in one room on their own and similar to what Ben said basically it would only be me there there'd be no receptionist uh, no runners um, there'd be no offer of food drink tea coffee biscuits as normal they have to bring their own water um, same sort of thing I would go in uh, sanitize their studio the lectern the microphones the uh, table the headphones any surfaces that they have to touch uh, door handles uh, if they have to touch them um, and then basically what I'll do is once I've set up um, I've got a four track um, microphone preamp so I'll set up ha having been told hopefully by the production the rough height of the actor not their Hollywood height but their real height um, I will set up all three booms uh, a, a close a medium and a, and a far uh, the, la the lav will, or the radio will be sat on the 
on the lectern as normal for them to put on when they come in. Uh, and I tested it and basically I can completely control the other room from my room. So I do my session as if they're in with me. Uh, I get to hear their four mics. Every playback I do, as well as it going down the Source Connect, the Zoom, the ISDN, um, it also goes through to their room. Uh, if they say to me, Mark, it's too loud for me in here, I have the ability to turn their overall volume down independently of my room and of all the, all the feeds are all separate. Uh, so basically what would happen is once before the actors arrived, I would test everything, uh, check I can hear the microphones next door, check that the projector's running, check everything's working, and then I would get online with the people that want to listen in, director, dialect, coach, editors, um, on whatever uh, uh, medium they want to use, whether it be Source Connect, Zoom, Skype, ISDN, um, I have the ability, I have a camera in their room, so there'd be a camera pointing at the actor. And then in my room, I have a dongle that I can uh, choose if they want me to. So we have to get agreement beforehand for me to send them an HD version of the picture with streamers. So during takes, rehearsals, playbacks, they can have streamers and they can have a copy of the picture. <coughs> um, and then basically I go and wait outside Goldcrest. I open the door to the, the main entrance. Uh, their studio door is open and signposted. Uh, and I basically wait three, four meters away from the front door of Goldcrest with my Goldcrest top on. So it's clear who I am. Um, I've, been in, I've been to Soho three or four times over the past 10 days and there is nobody there. Uh, absolutely nobody. There's... Uh, police and a few people wandering around but it's pretty much empty um, so it'll be quite obvious to spot me and quite obvious to spot the actor um, and then so they walk up to me and I just say hi I'm Mark make your way downstairs your studio is on the left I'll be in the other studio they go in and then from that point onwards basically we're back to our normal ADR session um, where I would usually choose to record one boom and and, and the radio mic Maybe I could discuss this with the editors might be an idea to hit record on all four Because I can't adjust the booms as I would during a session We go from an interior to an exterior from a close shot to a far shot I might adjust the boom depending on the take to, depending on the, the scene or the, the cue I won't be able to do that So maybe it might be of use to the editors for me to hit record on all four They get three options of boom and the lav um, I can monitor all of the four at any point and I can send down the line to the people, whichever of those mics they, they want to listen to at the time. Playbacks would be as normal. I would play back and what I hear in my room, the actor hears in their room and it gets fed down the line as it normally would be if you were on the receiving end of the session. And then basically once we're done, I say goodbye to everyone on, on connection. The actor says goodbye. Uh, I say to the actor, if you could just stay there for 30 seconds, I go up. Obviously, the door has to be closed during the session because we don't want people wandering in. So I go upstairs, uh, again, with gloves on, um, open the front door, wedge it open, step back to where I was in the street four meters away, say goodbye to the actor, and that's it. I go and deliver the, the media as I would normally. And in terms of parking in London, you can park anywhere you like. I've been using a little app called Parkopedia and uh, you just put it onto streets rather than car park and you can, there are, there's no cars around. I mean, I've, you know, I park literally on the street that I work on uh, in Soho. 
you could choose any space you like and it, I think it was £4.75 an hour over the course of a day that's cheaper than a, a car into town so I suppose for the actor's point of view if they don't want to have to get in another person's car for a lift like a, a taxi it's a pretty cheap option to, to drive in themselves it could be prepaid whether that be by Goldcrest or whether that be by the post supervisor that's that's uh, something to consider but could be a prepaid thing so that it starts at x time and you know finishes when they phone the post supervisor at the end and say that's me done and that's pretty much it so the actual session hopefully will run exactly how a normal adr session would have run in the past with me uh, the only difference is is that i can't adjust the boom really during this during the session so that's why the three booms at once is something I'm trying to sort of think might be an idea. That's pretty much it, I think. Great, thank you, Mark. Pleasure. Um, so, uh, who should I pick on next? Um, who's uh, Michelle? How about you? So you've been you've done a couple of shows, I believe, and I'm gonna I'm gonna unmute you and Mark Spector because I think you've been working with Mark as well. Um, so um, yeah, Michelle and Mark, over to you to uh, let us know what Hi you've all. been up to. Um, yeah, it's been a strange time because about four weeks ago, when I was on my last ADR session in town at Goldcrest, I thought that was it. Probably like most of you, thinking no more work. What the hell am I gonna do? And, um, and one production said to me, well, we have to finish. We'd done five episodes and there were two episodes left. We have to finish. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Put it on, do it on iPhones? I mean, what are you talking about? And they went, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? Cause I don't want it. I don't want them to just do it without me there or the director. And we did consider the Tadeo app, but, um, the actors had, we had worked with were, were a bit tricky and needed a lot of um, caressing. And um, so we decided, once I saw my husband using Zoom, which I'd never heard of before, um, I decided, well, that's a really good way of talking and sharing my screen. So I was able to share Pro Tools with the actor and show them what needed to be done. So that was part A. Now it was how are we gonna record them? So. My first session was actually with Mark and we did a, an actress out in LA with an iPhone and it was okay because her scene was in a car. So the iPhone microphone off your headphones sufficed and it just about did the job right. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? I mean, it was pretty okay. So, um, so we thought, okay, great. Well, how can we, you know, then I went to my other production and told them, they went, no, 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 we don't want iPhone. We want better quality. So I said, okay, well, we have to then get some sort of microphone, but I think the iPhone is really ideal because it's really easy to send quickly, get the files, then possibly do a playback to just check against picture. Um, so we ended up then going using a Zoom H5, um, connecting a shotgun mic um, as almost a snoop record. So that would just record the entire session at a good space because we didn't want to complicate things by getting the actor to try to upload the file and then do all that. So we had to kind of do it wild, but they would still record on their iPhone as a backup. So we had, you know, the mock sort of lav mic with the shotgun mic and that kind of worked, but it was a bit messy and unreliable because you weren't sure how close or far the microphone was and if it was too roomy or not too roomy. 
So then we went to another step of, well, how about we connect the H5 into the laptop so that we could monitor the, the microphones through Zoom and record it on the laptop and, you know, um, Dropbox it over to me so then I could edit it in. So that started working. Of course, the H5 is a complicated piece of kit, really, because it's, it's a field recorder and not really a mic preamp, but that's what we ended up using it as. So that's kind of where it went, but it's been working fine. Um, except for the fact that the shotgun on an H5 takes up two channels, and then if you have a radio mic, that's a third channel. So then you have you need a multi-track recorder to then send over. So we ended up finding this app called Sound Siphon, which was able to take the three tracks or four tracks and make them into two tracks, record it, and then send it. It's a bit of a dodgy app because some. For some people it worked and for some it didn't. And of course, you're still relying on the technical abilities of your actor who has to play engineer and actually act as well. But um, overall, we've managed to do some pretty decent ADR. I'm not saying that I would rather do it that way. There's no way in hell I'd rather do it that way. I'd much rather be in a studio with somebody who knows what they're doing. But this has been, you know, it's one of those situations where we're kind of stuck and need to do what we need to do and it somehow works. So that's where we've been going with it. Um, Mark, I'm sure you've got more to add to what I've just said. Yeah, I mean, just some random thoughts really. Uh, the, the big difference is that we're streaming the video over Zoom to the actor. So uh, there's sort of no prep with that, but you know, the inherent sort of issue, the production has to agree that uh, that's okay. <laughs> they have to sort of sign that off, but we end up only showing them little bits and pieces. So, you know, we're not streaming the entire, the entire episode. Mm. Um, and yeah, other things, an astounding lack of technical knowledge by actors. I think maybe, maybe all of us who, who work in different degrees technically take it for granted perhaps, but it, I was really amazed at, at, at the, really the inability to do anything for some people. Um, Somebody's just asking about Zoom and if that's an issue with production. I've not had an issue with it because we're not playing the entire thing. We're just yeah. playing snippets. And to be, to be honest, I don't think they were really that concerned. Yeah. And at this point, they were so desperate to get the productions out and aired that it, nobody, they just said, oh, could you make sure there's extra security? Meaning put a password on, make sure they have to sign in. But otherwise, there were no, no issues from production in that regard. Yeah. But overall, it's, it's actually been amazing just how good the results have been, which for me just backs up what hopefully we all agree, which is performance is, is most of it. Even though they were just sitting in their front room, we, we were quite lucky. I mean, that, that there was no sort of people living next to highways and people, some, some, someone had to shut their, their barking dog up in, into a room in the back of the <laughs> house. So very unfortunate yeah. that they have to be on double lockdown, lockdown yes. within their lockdown house. Um, but if they, if they just point the mic, it's just like, you know, like me and, uh, on this project that I've been doing with Michelle, it sort of represents the coming at it from the other end, the keep it, try to work from nothing, from simplicity, from nothing. The space crate and Mark Appleby and Goldcrest, that's like the, what represents trying to do it the proper way, which is great. Yeah. So, so we tried the other end, which is, can we, can we blag it? Let's call Very it blagging informal, it. Very informal, informal yeah. way. Informal yeah, just, way. Just, just because we sort of, it sort of came at it from, okay, everything's, everything's shut down. So we need to just blag it. Rather I than mean, the, 
Sorry, Mark. I mean, the no, cool no. thing about all of this was that we got to see into people's homes, some closets or wardrobes, as you call them over here. And, you know, and, I mean, I did have one of our actresses um, who lives in New York, literally sitting in her wardrobe with blankets hanging over the doors and, you know, trying to make it as dead as possible. And I think that was one challenge is that we were asking them to prepare a sort of den before we got started. And then it was an hour to two hours of setting up. Um, so that was painful. And Mark was always the one who was guiding the actors yeah, had... how to connect the Zoom H5 into the computer and then getting the app up and actually going the... into their computer. <laughs> yeah, we had, the, we, we had the, basically the, the, the luxury session idea of two, two heads on it. So I could just try to be technical and keep an eye on so that I could hopefully leave Michelle to be doing more of the standard ADR supervising job of thinking about the cues and the creativity. And that kind of worked out, but yeah, it was two hours set up for one person, painful. painful. And, and absolutely, Mike, laggy, absolutely, completely depends on the internet connection, of course. Somebody just asked about laggy picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah so there, there was always laggy issues, but you just kind of do play and repeat. And then that's, yeah. you try, that's the only way you could do it. Even if you had a, 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 a sync, you know, pop, uh, uh, beeps or, or white, it wouldn't have mattered because of the, the lag. And it depends so much on everybody's internet. Even if mine is fine and theirs is bad, then you're, you're kind of stuck. As long as they can hear their own audio and play and repeat on that, that worked really, really well. Even if it was a new line, they would hear their previous line, repeat that, and then go into their new line. So that worked like a treat, really. It was a, it was, there was a little bit of the sort of returning to the old era where we had to make decisions on the fly because we got because of our uh, evolved situation of ending up using the zoom as a as a preamp and we couldn't just use lr as boom lav it was silly we, if we'd have had just a simple focus right interface we would have had lr quite easily but because of the way things evolved we ended up with a zoom and we, we had to pick boom or lav so we were kind of making a creative choice about what would work and there was something nice about that like something mm. old school about actually let's just make the decision and it kind of always just worked. And Not having too many choices is sometimes yeah. a good thing. And yeah, it's so kind of like, well, you, you present that to the mix and he goes, that's it. You got to make it work. Yeah. And, and they can, and they can. I mean, I have had to do some pickups today on my other production because we recorded um, uh, with this particular actress and her room was quite roomy, even though she had stuff around, but not enough. So on a few lines, it's just too roomy. We had to get her back in and she literally built a den for herself for today's session to make sure that it wasn't going to be too roomy. So you can't be afraid that there'll be, you know, there will be pickups no matter what. I mean, in this kind of situation, but then you're not paying for studio time. No offense, my Mark or, or Ben, but you know, you, you, you're, you're just taking their time as opposed to studio time. But, and that gives the, the um, ability to have the errors if, if, they happen you know and hopefully not but you can go back and go oh do you mind if we just pick up this one line and then just do it so it's quite quite nice in that respect that that's the only really nice thing <laughs> uh yeah well well david yeah, yeah it was it was it was slow i mean i say it was slow it was slow setup and then it kind of depends like it feels slow because it because it can feel so painful if the, if the connection is lagging like oh and you get the the negative pressure of oh god this is such a pain, so hard that we can't hear them. They can't see the playback. The playback is probably out of sync for them. But, so, but they're kind of forced to just engage with it and just make it work. And then what tended to happen is that they eventually they just sort of start to enjoy it and they just realize if I don't do a good performance now, 
we're going to be here all day. I'm just going to do a good performance. I kind of felt that from some of them. It's like, okay, I'm just going to smash it now. And it's going to be perfect. And the other good thing about it, um, because we were considering using the Tadeo app, I had one particular actress who I knew would end up deleting everything she did. <laughs> and I didn't want that option. I wanted to get everything. Um, and it was, you know, sometimes they think, oh, that was rubbish when actually it was gold. So, um, and when people start editing their own work, we, we fall into a lot of problems there. Um, but yeah, I think it's been overall uh, successful. Another, just another interesting side point, as a, all, I think all of the actors that we've connected with have been asking me about what gear they should buy. So this is an interesting point that actors are in the same situation where they're sitting at home. And I think they're all starting to realize that they want to get VO jobs and things where they can self-record. So they've all been like, oh, what mic shall I buy? How shall I set up? And uh, it's just, that's just really interesting to think about their situation where they're wanting, they're suddenly needing to engage with technology and learn and yeah, they want to learn to self-record. So there's currently, perhaps many, many more actors now seeking those jobs that they can do from home. Um, so perhaps it'll, I don't know how much of this will enter the new normal. I mean, obviously we want to use normal studios for most stuff, but I feel it's useful to know that this is possible. If you have no other choice, if you have an actor who's, in the, who's nowhere, nowhere near any studio, yeah. know that there's, it's a backup and it, it can work, I feel. But yeah, I think the one thing that's a bit tricky is crowd, which I'm sure other people have come across yeah, yeah. and I've had, yeah. I've had several bits of stuff come from different actors and then trying to build something. It's taking me triple, quadruple the time to edit and put it together. And thankfully the two productions that I'm on didn't have a whole lot of crowd. And if they did, I was able to steal it from other episodes. Um, but I can't imagine doing crowd, even revoicing, getting them to revoice. I had to get, go back to the actors, make them do it again. Um, it's, it's tricky with crowd. I really, really miss being in a studio. We, we, bought, we bought new gear, we bought new Zoom, we bought the Rode, Lav, and we bought two of them, and they came to me and I just did a vague setup, touching them as little as I could, and then they were just sent off by couriers uh, to the actors, and so they were almost as new, these pieces of equipment, but of course you could just use any equipment and sort of clean it properly, but it just felt simpler to buy what on the surface of it is an unprofessional device, but it ended up working out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think my only thing I would go back to is I wouldn't do use an, a Zoom H5. I would just definitely get not. a simple mic preamp, yeah. like a an Focusrite. iRig or a Focusrite, anything that's really simple. Because the iRig, you can actually connect to an iPhone. So if they don't have a laptop, then you have that as an option. Um, and I've worked, on, I've worked with one actress in LA who, oh, no, not LA, Toronto, actually. And she had an, we got her an iRig with a, a boom and a, and a, clip mic and it was perfect um so that that's um definitely i would not go with a zoom h5 i mean it's a great recorder i'm sure but not for this purpose yeah, it, was, it, it came it just, out of a, a, a it just snowballed sort of, yeah it snowballed into this kind of situation but yeah I, I um i would not recommend using a field recorder and uh chris chris's question there which i mean everyone else should engage with i just say yeah no comment we have a it's, oh my god it, it, so it was a, there was a lot of extra, but, but obviously for me currently, that's just the situation where we're all having to figure out a new, a new world at the moment, mm. but in the longer term, then maybe the question is obviously re relevant, but I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel bad about it now because of the 
extenuating circumstances. No, but I've never worked so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just to chime in on that, I think a lot of the time that we're spending working out these new crazy ways of doing things, no, no one's directly compensating anybody for that. But it's it feels like time well spent because I don't think this particular situation is going to have a hard finish. It's going to go on in various ways for a while. And I think we've all learned some stuff that's going to come in handy at some point in the future. And uh, yeah, Mike, cause the fact that we were using a recorder called Zoom and the app oh called Zoom is incredibly irritating. <laughs> and uh, I don't know whether that's exactly what you're referring to, but that's what your comment reminds me of. And uh, so I just, yeah, we said, okay. And oh, they're like, I, I, we, I used well, one of them. I said, "Okay, boom or lav," and they said, "Can you just can you just say big mic or small mic?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, oh dear, oh dear, okay, if you like." Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, so we, so we, so we've used a, the NTG one A USB worked brilliantly. Once I once I realised that the actor had the mic the wrong way around, it was sounding <laughs> rubbish. Oh yeah, just turn it around. Sounds a bit boxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was silly. And uh, cheap, cheap road labs and the uh, Zoom built-in shotgun. They're all just, they all just, they're fine because the performance and obviously the acoustic. Yes, being just like Lady enough is by far the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is right. the performance and getting them to just get the right projection and tone. And everybody knows this. I mean, that is, that is the way. You know, you're more than halfway there. Let, let some others continue. Uh, we represent the, the Keep It Simple Brigade. But, uh, okay. Try to. <laughs> one, last, one last question before we move on, guys. I just wanted, uh, once you're all set up, whether it's in a wardrobe or wherever, um, are you finding you're getting, how many lines are you doing in an hour or are you not even thinking about that? You just well, it depends on the actor. So today I had an actor, but she was trying to get, she had, we had a dialect coach. So one line took about 45 minutes. Whereas with Mark, we recorded another actor on Monday who was literally just banging them out and he had 40 cues and we did it in two hours. Wow. That was after an hour of setup. But yeah, he, he was really quick. He just kept giving us loads and loads and just, and then I put it in, check it. Didn't check them all, didn't always check it. But the Dropbox was so ideal because you just, he stops recording, places it in. I get it, put it in, spot it in, play it back, move on or redo it if we need to. But it was, um, it was you know, once you get on a roll, it just goes and it, it, it you know, it's like anything. It's uh, once the setup is there and they know to hit record. That's one thing one actor kept forgetting to do was hit record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like um, to just just a, a final a final comment, which has been interesting, is trying to find cheap, crappy apps to to record. You know, I'm sure that probably amongst all of us, someone is going to suggest something that's probably right. But we just those stupid little five pound recording things that basically just put down the digital signal. That's all we needed, yeah. and it was so tricky to find one that. Would allow you to specify what folder you're recording to and so we sound siphon things. did that sound yeah, siphon so did you, did work if it worked but it only worked for one actor for me sound, sound siphon had had driver issues where where yeah. the zoom was causing clashes with the recording we use we end up using easy audio recorder so this is probably embarrassing yeah but it would standards. name everything rec yeah. And then it's once bit, you recorded on it, it would then re-record and erase the last recording unless you yeah. moved it to a different folder. It's a nightmare. Yeah. So it was all some of it. Some of it was silly, but you know, needs must. Just coming back to Michelle, Michelle's point and Mark's point about the kind of the pace and the timing. Um, our our experience was that once underway, the ADR session was 
exactly the same as it would have been previously. The bit that seemed to take longer and was a bit more sort of uh, frustrating in terms of time for those involved was that bit of, of getting opinions on sync and takes and like, the, the conversation off to one side when it was taking place on Skype or Zoom. That was a bit that was um, a lot less immediate than three or four people sitting in a room would be. Mm-hmm. But you'd expect that. And it's, I think, you know, almost back to Chris's point, um, it's important to factor that in when thinking about what time's going to be required. It's no one's fault. It takes longer because you're not in the same room. Yes. I, think we, I think we've been lucky that we had relatively young actors who were kind of very cooperative, even though they were poor at tech. I can imagine someone who could be poorer. And, uh, and um, also that our production, there was not, not a lot of people who were really that bothered just leaving. They, let us, they left us to it which was massively helpful that we could just do it ourselves, basically. Um, if, we would have had, if we had much more invasive production who wanted to control everything, it would, I don't know whether it would have worked. I think the thing is, too, is that both, both productions that I was working on, I'd already worked with all these actors before. So I'd already built a relationship. So there wasn't any surprise, especially when they had 30 or 40 cues. Um, it, was, it was okay. They understood, and we'd already... Ha- so there wasn't that discomfort I think coming in when you've got a brand new actor into this situation perhaps might be a bit more tricky I don't know but that was kind of on on our side in that respect because we'd already worked with them in a studio knew how they worked and most of them seemed to like playing repeat which thank god that kind of worked out really well but um and uh, and Chris uh, Audacity Audacity uses a custom format so it requires to do an export just like it's an extra stage to export the file and blah, blah, blah. I looked at Audacity, too complicated. And so you want something that just records straight to 4824. And that's what we went with, like the most basic app. Any, any app that has a custom format that requires them to export and mess around is just another phase that you don't want them to have to do. Mm. But yeah, I'm not saying we made the right choice. It was just the choice. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um... Right. Oh, we seem to have lost Steve Little. Oh, no, he's come back. Um, okay. Um, shall I pick on Tim Hans next? Uh, Tim, hello. Um, perhaps uh, you could share with us what you've been doing. Yeah. Uh, so we've been using the um, Todd AO app um, exclusively, uh, almost exclusively. Um, it came along at a uh, to my attention at just the right time, like about three days before everything went crazy. Um, I think it, it's been very good. Uh, most of the recordings I've had have been fine. The biggest problem I've had is probably already just repeat what other people said, which is environmental, is that uh, some of the casts that we're using, they just don't have uh, the ability to uh, dampen the surroundings or don't seem to understand it and and interestingly on a, on a side note i i think a lot of people don't work in sound can't hear reverb um when you talk about reflections they just they just don't get it um but we're getting there um the listen and repeat things i found that opening up the out point on the uh, on the clips is just means they can just take the cue line here and repeat so that's working um Another solution we've got actually, um, this goes back to the security issues that you were saying about Zoom. Um, I'm working for NBC Universal and they said, absolutely no way are we going to let you put anything on Zoom and screen share. That was uh, categorical. All the clips I'm 
sending out have to have the actor's name on it and I insisted it didn't have my name on it that's another thing to think about you lose control of this stuff encrypted or what it it's no longer in your control as soon as it leaves your computer so there's that security issue um, another thing I'm just jumping through things here because I'm going to try and cover some things that other people haven't done uh, one of the things is like we are now in a situation where I'm communicating directly with the cast um, I'm getting private emails, private phone numbers, and addresses for people all over this country and the US. Um, the GDPR thing is quite scary, to be honest with you. Uh, we may have left the EU, but I don't think they've repealed that thing. So I've got data protection issues, which I need to consider. Also, all conversations between me and the cast have to have a third party at my insistence. Um, I cannot have a situation where I'm communicating with an actress just me to her gotta have a third party uh, and that includes phone calls you just got to think about how situations could arise things misinterpreted comments made that are taken the wrong way all this stuff suddenly comes into play when you're just dealing in this method so that's another thing to think um, uh, the other security thing I did talk to Ben uh, about using space crate again NBC Universal said no uh, the reason that they wouldn't allow us to use that is they felt that they didn't want any cast member traveling at our request or even the suggestion that it was our request. So for example, one of our actors is in Wood Green, literally around the corner, but the, the we were saying um, they wouldn't let him travel there, even if he volunteered to, because effectively he's working for us and therefore we are responsible if anything was to go wrong or theoretically it's the legal side of things so it's the studio just basically you know on a, on a hot tin roof there about anything like that uh, we purchased microphones uh, and sent them all over the place individual microphones for each actor where we could one was sent out to Tokyo it arrived in Tokyo it's in Tokyo somewhere but it ain't at the actor's house uh, he went out shopping for one, which we said, please don't do that. But he did. He didn't find one. So he's using uh, his inbuilt mic. The results have been quite good. That leads me to his situation. He didn't like the app, didn't like working with it, um, found it complicated. What we've done is because we have Pix set up, is we upload the uh, clips to Pix and he can do a listen and repeat by pick. So we're not using any kind of screen sharing. He has a private account that the company has allowed him. And, uh, and, and there's another actor who's also gonna do thing, the same thing. This guy's been very good. He does listen and repeat. The results have been very good. His sync is super, his performance is super. The environment he's recording you in is not as super, but it's working. So I'm happy with that. So that's another solution. Um, generally, I'm not online with any of these conversations about the performance. I talk to them with a phone call beforehand. Uh, we're not recording vast amounts of material, so it's not that complicated. And everybody who is involved is very much aware that, that I am likely to come back to them with a request for a re-record re on certain lines, it's particularly where we're adding new lines. The, the, the copy and the production thing tends to work better. But if you're sticking in a new line, that's where things can go wrong. You've got performance notes. We're not in the studio with them. We can't think about it. We just have to let them take their own shot at it. The reason I don't want to be online with them uh, personally is because when we're trying to get them to use this, these systems, I don't want them to be stressed 
while they're recording, worrying about pushing buttons and you know being in the right place. If they request it, we'll do it, but we don't put it onto them. And that's the other thing with this is that some of the environments, like one of the actors has got a little girl, she's not a nursery. He can't record, like you can't just set up for three hours and do an ADR session. He has to grab half an hour here, half an hour there. We've got people living with elderly parents, other flatmates who are going to refuse point blank to sit on their asses for two hours while you do an ADR session. So, you know, there's the, the multiple factors we get into here that you have to take into account. There's also the people who you show them how to do it. You show them the video that uh, we've got from Toddio. So, you know, here's a cupboard, put a blanket up, do this and that. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they don't do it. <laughs> and you get a recording that was done in their kitchen, which you know, but somehow, you know. And then there's the others who kind of like sit underneath a quilt on their bed and do it, which is kind of okay, except they tend to bring their voices down because they feel so, so much presence. So we're working through all these processes. It's quite hit and miss. I'm quite pleased with some of it. I'm less pleased with others, but we are getting there. Um, I think over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll complete three episodes that we needed to do and then i've got one more episode to come which is about 50 percent adr and a huge battle i don't know what the hell we're going to do um i'll report back if i figure that one out uh but loop groups definitely going to be an issue uh that's just not something we can shoot that way um everything else hmm, yeah but it's been interesting I like the pics one because you know that's a really good quality picture. No lag, no issues. As long as they're happy, they can see it and you can send them the entire scene as well. That's the other thing. Contextually, performance wise, they can see how this new line or the problem line sits within the whole scene rather than just small clips. Uh, I think the, the mobile ADR is superb. It's just so good for what it is. Uh, for catching those extra lines and for just, you know, fixes and things. But if you've got a bigger thing to do, I think the picks way is the only, it, for us is probably the, the solution. Uh, there you go. That's, that's where we're at right now. Tim, could you um, tell us exactly what picks does? I don't know that one myself. It's, um, it's a secure uh, online facility that the, the picture departments use to um, screen cuts. So you can upload the entire cut to picks and then the executives or the studio bosses can just log in with their password and they can then select the, 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 the episode or sequence that they're being provided with and watch and just sit and watch the playbacks, the stereo mix from the Avid or other. And the quality of the picture is really, really good. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not sort of fuzzy or anything. It's, it's really good. I used it on Game of Thrones a lot just to review episodes so i knew what was coming um yeah that that's what it is but they, they all use it for um uh for you know distributing cuts yeah. to studios from cutting rooms to studios sure let me let me mention something about uh, sure. you 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 told you told about the security issue yeah uh, you you probably know that when editors send the uh, each video from our app, the video is encrypted. It's encrypted. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very, it's a very simple encryption. It's not super secure at all. Yeah. Uh, but you can combine that with other, with, for example, a cloud system. You can send that. 
you can send from the app and instead of sending an email with the with that encrypted video you can upload to google drive and yeah. just authorized uh, each actor google drive's account or or we tested even with aspera server and and it works of course it involves more tech uh, yeah. knowledge yeah, of course uh, but I, I think what, what you mentioned also is important that, you know, the, the big thing is, is like, uh, like Mal told before, it, it, the, the most important is the performance. Absolutely. So you, I totally agree with you that you need to let the actor record. Maybe you can do a, a test recording with the actor first. Send, yeah. Yeah. To send to to send you the, the 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 test recording, you evaluate. You told it, okay, this this room yeah. is maybe too roomy or too reverby. Please try another one, and then you left them. Yeah. And you know, I'm not sure if most of you know that you know the the ADR supervisor, the producer, or whatever. They can be all waiting uh, as soon as the actual record a couple of takes and send them. They can all have the, the application installed, the free version of the application installed, and then can all review at the same time the playback of, of each recording mm -hmm. and, and probably do some revision review of or, or, or ask for retakes before the actor, you know, goes away or, or, mm -hmm. or something like that. So, yeah, we, we, we try to... to to give the actor the the performance, the the preview of the video to to match the performance, the and the tone, and you know the one of the things we updated with the app was we started to to doing like one cue for each line, you know, so one small video of seven or ten seconds long for each line, and as you mentioned, to have maybe more of the scene. Now you can send them like a 30 seconds video and just uh, we enable a pre-roll option in the application so they can probably see the whole scene first and then just hit on pre-roll and it will yeah. start like seven seconds before the ADR in and, and do some takes like that and, and not having to preview the whole 30 second scenes each time. Yeah, I, I found that that was a sort of system I started introducing with so people could see more of what they were going to do uh, and then break it down so that they could, you know, in some of these cases that some people actually like to hear the whole section and they will actually take a run at it. They might take the first cue, but they're very good at syncing and they will give you a performance all the way through and give you the three or four lines and whatever you need several times. You can drop in on individual lines. So I try to give them the option so that they're comfortable with once they're used to operating. I, I think it's great. I really do. I, I just think the compromise principally for me so far has not been the methods by which we record, but rather the environment in which we're recording them. And that's something it's quite difficult to control uh, and it's not anybody's fault. Um, but some have been, I mean, some have been great. In fact, some of the people I thought would be the least tech savvy and the least capable have been absolutely fantastic. Not only are the recordings good, but they actually number consecutively. I've found sometimes you, when you go back for a retake, they start from one again. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got someone the other day who knew she'd done 27 reads on this new line. And I got from 28 onwards, she kept everything. So, it, you know, it's, it, it's really good. I think it's, I think it's a great way of, of, of getting these things. 
want to just wish I didn't have like a 50% of an, of an episode to re-record coming up. <laughs> Somehow or other, we're going to get it done, but I, we'll figure that out. Well, we, we had the opportunity of receiving some, some actors' takes because we are helping productions. Yeah. We are constantly working with them, like send, send a, like if you need us to cue the video for you, we can do it. Well, mm -hmm. I was really surprised of the results. I hear some some takes uh, and say, "Whoa, this actor can really use our application," and the performance is is it's quite quite yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think I think what we're doing is is we're all learning. We're all trying to find these solutions. But one of the things you got to remember is that the, the, the actors learning how to use it, but also learning how to approach this. When you come into a studio as an actor, you know exactly how you're going to go about it. You've got someone there saying little more level you know you're a little quicker on this but they haven't necessarily got that they've got a master themselves some are very good at it some aren't uh, but they've all been very receptive to the feedback they know it's a bit weird so when i've gone back and said well actually we need this one again and here's why they've been great about just saying sure why not let's do it again i think that's a good point i think most of, most of the things we've seen as well is that in all of this the encouraging bit is the actors seem to enjoy the novelty that we're yeah. getting through this and we're getting it done in a cool new way. Yeah. So it, it does, as much as it's um, a burden to be doing something different, it's um, people are it, psychologically, people are getting into it, which is good. I'd like to contribute onto the um, environment. So we're using the Todd.io app and one actor went into a car and that worked quite well to my surprise. Cause sometimes as you know, car recordings can sound very, uh, weird um but that's probably because mic positions the other thing i like about the todd.io app is we sent the uh, road uh, microphone it's a little gun microphone 40 pounds from amazon and they plug that in and it certainly is a much better mic than the the um ipad mic yeah um but i was quite surprised with the car environment because one it's quiet uh, and two, it's re it can be quite good if and the, if they're holding the iPad, they are holding it in a quite a good position, mm -hmm. so it gets you over the fact that they are you know miles away from it. And the other thing with the iPad is uh, one of the other actors he actually went outside with it because it was a relatively quiet environment. So our out our ADR was for outside. Yeah. And, uh, they went out as long as there's no birds really yeah. annoying it. Uh, and as we know, in RX, you can get rid of that, you know, probably if you're lucky. But that certainly has helped out on that. So there's sort of two different environments because indoors is a problem, as we yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, just if anybody, just before you go, the people are talking about uh, another recording app. Um, you can have a look at Twisted Wave, which is an iPhone and iPad app. Uh, and it's got lots of options for recording. It actually looks pretty cool. I've been using that. So Twisted Wave free which is always good yeah I've, I've actually been using that in the past just for grabbing random sounds when you don't have a recorder with you but there's some really interesting sound happening in the street or something and, and just quickly switch it on and grab some weird audio event that would never exist otherwise um so the last of our sort of um thank you tim and john as well um the last of our sort of uh scheduled speakers so we've got uh Jamie Roden and Steve Little, who Hello. have also been working together on another production. 
Um, so I'll hand it over to you guys. Thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, Steve and I have been working on a production for a US Hulu show, um, 10 episodes. Um, uh, first of all, I'm Jamie Roden. I'm a re-recording mixer, uh, sound dialogue editor. And uh, earlier in my career, I spent about eight years as an ADR mixer. So I kind of have all ideas of, you know, through the spectrum of how, how to sort of go through this. Um, I don't want to go into too much of what everyone's already said, but my journey's been very similar. Um, we started off using Luciano's app, Todd.io, um, Actors app right at the beginning um you know this is like mid-march early march um and our production uh, they couldn't stop they basically said keep going we're using this app we're sending every actor a mic now um so uh with immediate effect i had to queue 70 cues using my iphone um, which i would never done before um now i know that the app is much much better than it was a month ago i've seen all the developments and i've seen all those sort of things but but for me um the time it took to program all that was, you know, inconsistent with what I needed to do. Uh, and also um, one of the other sides of that is once the actors recorded, they then have to email you all this stuff back. So you get an inbox full of 70 cues worth of some people did 24 takes, just, just too many emails to be dealing with. So the actual process was, was astronomical. So um, I then actually spoke to Michelle Woods. She very kindly offered up her solution using Zoom. And then I moved into using that. Um, that scenario and what we were doing then is using the actors to self-record while streaming the video so they would uh, have the mic as they had before plugged into their iPhone usually um, and they would just record themselves um, and I would stream the video and they would listen and repeat and then what they would do is they would email that to Steve Little who we brought on um, and he would be fitting it in the background and then he could send it to me and then I could audition it so again a little bit more of a fluid process because we could actually play back to the actor the take and hear it together and then move forward on whether we liked it or not rather than them just self-recording and, and emailing what they thought was the best of their performances um, but again that was like a 10 minute process and and that's just too long really for an actor to be waiting for you while you will stare at each other while steve is working brilliantly quickly to get me a take that is going to be perhaps Mediocre, you know, you, you know that instantly in an ADR studio. Um, so then that took me to another level, which was like, okay, I need to take the actors, take the control back from the actor. Just let them act, basically. You know, they just need to see the picture and perform and give their performance. Because um, I felt it was suffering by the previous two methods. Um, and then I got put onto Session Link Pro, which is a Chromium-based web browser. Um, and uh, using a USB microphone on the actor's laptop. So essentially through Google Chrome, I can listen to their microphone and share that with a conference of up to five people. And now I'm um, actually running my Pro Tools, playing the picture. I invested in um, Ediprompt by Sounds and Sync so I can actually do streamers and beeps and put the cue line on screen as well. Something I found is most actors don't have a printer. Um, so they don't have their cue lines in front of them and they're always asking what was that line again what was this line again so the fact that I can now push that onto the screen as well for them it is a, you know a massive plus now as everyone said two factors really one is Wi-Fi internet connection you know it's going to have an effect on their streamability and two uh, their locale you know they they might be as some have said we've had people going to cupboards cushion filled cupboards which sounds fantastic but they might be 
the other side of a conversation where somebody, we've had actors who were in LA, Australia and New York, some of them in hotels, um, just because that's where they're stuck at the moment. You know, so we have a sort of two-sided conversation, somebody who's gone to the effort of acousticizing their, their room, and then somebody who sat at a desk in a hotel room, you know, so you just have no control over that kind of um, scenario. But what I have found now, having developed it even further, this system, um, is I actually record their microphone straight into my Pro Tools. So I can do a very quick fit and play it back to director, producer, dialogue editor, and actor within a couple of seconds um, and you know get their feedback and hopefully we're getting to a position now where it's much more like a traditional ADRs sort of scenario where um, an actor can hear what they've done and take it to the next level not have to wait five ten minutes to be told whether it was okay in the first place um, so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment it's um, session link pro with a USB mic connected to an actor's laptop them wearing headphones so there's no bleed they can actually then record in sync um, I recently switched to I'll answer that in a second Milos yeah I recently switched to Opera over Chrome and that's made a huge difference to the capability of the streaming um, I didn't know this but Chrome is just basically absolutely caning your CPU all the time so switching to Opera, Opera which is a much more cut down Chromium based browser streams like tenfold better so it's it's really starting to work for me um, so at the moment Milos it is a single mic record usually a Rode NT or a Yeti or actually to be honest with you just whatever they could buy that could get to the actor by you know within 24 hours um, was, was pretty much the scenario uh, yeah Chrome games Chrome pretty much destroys everything and I didn't realize that and and just putting opera on earlier this week I hope maybe it was last week who knows but um it just made a huge difference to, to the processing speed um and and the streaming of it uh so the show that Steve and I were working on now a lot of the ADR has gone in we, we we had to do four episodes four 50 minute episodes all the ADR and all the crowd except for a few principals who who were in LA who could go to a studio um and just to say that actually, if we didn't have to do this, we wouldn't be talking about this. The actors would be going to the studios. That's exactly the right thing to do. So Space Crate, what Mark Appleby's talking about doing, um, we've actually used um, uh, Art for Noise as well. They're doing a sort of contactless ADR scenario where an actor goes into a room completely unattended and is recorded. You know, the results of that are fantastic, but the, the issue is, those actors going and doing that and and what we found on our production is that equity so uk actors equity have actually issued a um, stay at home remit saying that they're not they shouldn't be going out um they shouldn't be going out to work at least so we found that we had two actors basically in the last month who were prepared to come in into soho um out of the cast so even if we can convince them to go there it's perhaps that they can't you know they, they have um unions saying that they shouldn't so you know um this mobile adr thing for me is starting to become a really really important way of getting that until we can actually start to free move again so the the two biggest things for us on the show even with the remote adr was the fact that our, our show is, is a big budget show multi-cam shoot basically you know it, um, if you think the favorites it's kind of like that so long haul with 50 or 60 people in it but a two-person conversation in the corner so you've got a double camera, one filming the whole hall doing their thing and one filming the two. So 
you know, the booms are, are non-existent really for the whole, sh pretty much the whole show. So everything's on a lav mic. So our biggest issue is, is that we're using basically podcast mics to record and match against, um, you know, DPA 4071s or something. So I know that's been a struggle for the mixer and probably his biggest struggle is, is exactly that, you know, that we, we would love to be able to record um, both, but keeping it simple for the actor doesn't allow that, in my opinion, if you want to send them a, an audio interface with the microphones, with this, with that, you know, it's just another step for them to have to consider. What, what I am thinking, there, there, there are two further forward steps for where I'm at at the moment. With, with SessionLink Pro, you can control um, the, other, the, other, the remote system with MTC. And so you can get a, a, um, some sort of um, movie player, some sort of QuickTime player. So you could actually control the video on their system. But that's just the actor. You'd have to install that on everybody's system, you know, so it's then like three or four or five, fivefold. The, the whole process becomes a whole other, you know, another step. But what I would really like to adapt is to be able to record two microphones, a boom and a, just some sort of form of clip-on. So I was really interested to hear about maybe not the iRig scenario, but what Michelle was saying about sending a Scarlet, you know, a Focusrite or something like that with two systems. So maybe, you know, a question to everybody, maybe the next stage of this is that we're actually sending them, much like the Todd AO idea where people are sending iPads, we actually send them a laptop, you know, with the mics and everything. And all they have to do is, you know, like a, a suitcase, open it up and start recording. I, I don't know, anyway, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking at the moment. Um, so just to summarize then, last, last few little things. Um, the system I'm kind of operating is, is more as an operate, more as an ADR mixer. So the idea is, is that dialogue editors can actually chime in as just one of the people in the conference and not have to worry about any of the other stuff. And they can concentrate on the actor's performance and keeping a record of what were the best takes. And I'll run the system as a more sort of remote ADR kind of thing. So with the video, the audio, streaming, everything like that. Um, so, you know, a possible solution that makes people's lives a bit easier because managing everything is very difficult. I know as Michelle and, and Mark and other people have mentioned, it's an awful lot of work, you know, and it's a lot of things to manage all at once. So I'm just sort of thinking sharing that amongst people means that we can still do the same level of job. Anyway, um, so that's kind of where I'm at, it, at with it personally. Um, I'll let question, Steve... Jamie. Go ahead. Um... Uh, I just, I, I think I just missed in the information. I missed how the actor's mic signal gets to you. Is it streamed back through Session Link Pro or? It is. Away? It is streamed through Session Link Pro. Um, I think it, you can have it up to two fifty six kilobits, so it's quite a high bandwidth. Um, and then you can choose. So I should point this out. Sorry, um, I'm actually recording it twice. So once, um, I, I, you can set in Session Link Pro. You can tell it to start recording, and it records at their end. And then when you hit stop, it then uploads it. Um, although I have had buffering issues, so I'm not sure whether it's recording it in the cloud nearest them, but it doesn't seem to be on their machine and then sending it. So we did a, um, sorry, Jamie, just butting in on your session link pro thing, just cause we did, um, I mean, I think over the last two or three weeks, we've had a crack with pretty much everything. Um, but we did it, we did a session with uh, session link pro. I think it was last week. It might've been the week before we, we did a couple of actors one afternoon. Um, if, if you're familiar, for those that um, want to look it up, you get, they're certainly doing seven day fully featured trials. 
And after that, I think it's about 20 euros a month. Yeah, it's uh, 20 for, euros for each part. So it's about 40 yeah. euros. It's 20 euros for the conference um, and 20 for the recording. Software. What we found is, I think it's the way, it, if you're familiar with the um, Source Elements product range, it kind of nestles nicely in between the Source Connect Now browser-based thing and Source Connect with the RTS. And it doesn't let you control someone else's Pro Tools, but that little overlay track of MIDI timecode is really useful. Um, and there's also a video they've just recently added, or I've only just recently noticed, um, that there's a video track you can run on the side as well, just there for a webcam a, or whatever. I, I, yeah, the video thing, though, you can't pass audio, so the audio no, still no, has to go to the conference. It's more just a visual. You can see where the mic is, and you can see oh, I that. see. Right, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant as for the streaming the video side track. of it. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, Source Connect now is great for just audio, and then Source Connect Pro is great for running the RTS. But if really, I mean, if you could throw MIDI timecode down the line and not take up a channel as timecode would, mm -hmm. then you can drive um, uh, well, Video Slave or whatever else for your. That, uh, that's what Session Link says it can do. But you know, again, it's how much stuff are we putting at the actor's end? You know, Video Slaves are what several hundred pounds. You know, da, 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 da. so you either right. basically need to take control of their laptop and set it up for them, sure, sure, or, yeah, or start shipping them something that that's you know more of a mobile kind of yeah. scenario that that's where my thinking is at the moment no of course um, but just to finish on the recording side of it so i don't know where it records but it does somewhere but then what i'm doing also is i'm routing that record path straight into my pro tools and recording as i go so i can actually record in sync fit it edit it and play it back so uh, to me it actually sounds it's identical the quality i'd have to explore if you know it isn't some other way i don't know how technologically wise to um, but they, they sound identical when i listen to them side by side what was recorded in the cloud if you like through the chromium browser and what i'm recording on my pro tools so i do have it in two places i'm, I'm just doing like a snoop dat world record using session link pro and then actually doing like a more adr type based system where i'm recording each take in position in my Pro Tools, so I can just drag it in, play it, and you know we can we can review it immediately. Um, uh, what what I would like to do is bring Steve in though, because Steve Steve did something which I think most people will be really really interested in is that we had to record Crowd as well for four episodes, <clears throat> um, and uh, so we recycled the Crowd from the six episodes. Um, with um, Phoebe Schofield's permission, um, and we've kept a log of everything there. Um, uh, of everything that, that we've used and those actors will be or that were in part of those earlier crowd sessions are going to be reimbursed that's still to be figured out but the record is it's been kept and then where we couldn't do that um over the easter weekend i think about eight actors self-recorded themselves they were sent movie files via dropbox which they watched and then recorded all separately um and then and then basically bombarded steve's inbox um and steve are you there I don't know if he's there. Can you see him anywhere? Hello? There he is. Hey. All right, everyone. Um, yeah, everyone's pretty much covered what I wanted to talk about. Um, what I think's amazing is that there's just this vibe in the industry of we're not going to let the wheels fall off. Productions won't let the production stop. We'll have to deliver it and we'll have to keep going. So we're all just pulling together and trying to get different systems to work in different ways. And I think it's, it's been amazing. Um, there'll be no one system that works for any actor or any person. Uh, you've got Tim's system, Michelle's, Jamie's, whatever. What I would say is if you're not going down the road of Tim's where you're just leaving them to it, 
I would always have a second person being in charge of the record, have someone like Jamie or whoever, because there's so many button clicks and dicking about to do, you cannot be thinking about that at the same time as trying to be an ADR supervisor. So just get someone else involved and it becomes much more like a traditional ADR studio. Um, I think what Jamie also found is the actors were really sort of up for it. Like someone else has said, it's such extraordinary times. Um, the world's on fire. Everything's completely mental. So like they just don't care. They're, they're just going to go for it and, and go with you. Technically, they are usually um, terrible. Um, quite often the mics weren't attached to the iPhone, <laughs> stuff like that. So what I would say, again, is... Um, as Michelle said, you've got an hour or two before the session. I was wanting them to have it on a whole different day. So there's no there's no one else on the call. You just get them to plug the mic in, check it actually works, check it does actually plug in. Because often you'd get to the session and people would be online, direct Reddit or whatever, and they're just going, oh, oh it's the wrong connector. And you're like, oh, fuck. Um, so just as early as you can in that process, get a recording from them. And I think what Tim was doing, um, get them to do a test record and, and even get someone, if they can, to take a photo of where they are in the room. So point in that way, this far away from the mic, whatever, take a photo and then you judge that recording and then say, right, try turning your head that way a bit and just try and get the best recording you can from them. But that all takes time beforehand, but it's worth doing. Um, I mean, some of the recordings Jamie had... Uh, it's it's the least worst option it's the best people could do everyone was really trying but one guy was staying at his um parents dairy farm and literally there were cows on <laughs> so you're just like seriously mm. just like, i love you very much <laughs> it was <laughs> you know you, you can't control the you can't control the environment exactly the, the, There's nothing got... if you can try your best to control the environment so the test recording and just give advice make sure the mic does actually plug in um that sort of thing but yeah everything else uh, was working really well and just have that second person with you otherwise there's just too much to worry about because things do go wrong buffering for their video whatever like it just helps to take the pressure off there so with crowd it's obviously obvious what um what the issues are singles fine um what we found phoebe um and joe at encore did a great job of prepping them of how to record sort of dead in the space be a few steps away from the mic look to get kind of two-thirds up the meters as a record is a, a rough guide so singles fine couples on a walk and talk you just sort of make it up if anyone listened to that conversation it would be horrendous because they are not communicating but in the background, you're fine. Threes and fours getting a bit trickier. Um, there were a few scenes for us where it was kind of 30 people reacting to a scene all together. And so all the actors did multiple long takes. So the amount of media I got back <laughs> was maybe three or four takes, multiple takes, wild tracks from each actor. So you're talking about kind of 100 cues just for this one section i'm like this is insane you piece it together you go through and it still sounds like 12 individuals not being together that human thing of everyone reacting off each other and in the same way and vamping and that that just totally disappeared there was no um consistency or glue or anything it was 
it was come i i've never been as kind of i don't know what to do with any recordings in my entire career like i was just going this is i just worked for like a day on one scene and it was just shit because it just did not sound like they were in the same place reacting at the same time um the only thing i can think of there's a lot of actors and your wranglers would be better at advising on this who live together so you've got couples who live together they are isolating together so they could record together at the same time you've got actors who have actor mates three or four of them together so suddenly you're like a couple of takes of four people together and you're starting to get there so it's trying to think of people who live with other actors basically who can do one recording so you're not just getting multiple single recordings um yeah but apart from that it's sort of i mean it it was it was all right it was usable we'll, we'll put scenes together like jamie said three people talking all wildly different sounding recordings but you play it and go with all the atmos and then with a pre-mix that might be all right um so it's getting to the point where it's okay and as everyone said it, this will never come near to being an adequate proper solution we'll always want to go to a theatre always but it's a backup it's a sort of um, last last resort as it were and it's it's all right um so yeah uh, just get get on your wranglers for your crowd see how many people live together um and then at least you've got a fighting chance of getting that cohesion in your recordings so otherwise it's it's just shit shit um yeah so uh that is pretty much it for me i think everything else was um was dealt with by everyone else thank you thank you steve um so a couple a couple more things um uh, uh, i'll probably end by just talking a little bit about how i was doing a remote mix review uh before that i just got a message from roland heap who tells me that he's been sending pro tools systems to people so I'm just going to bring Roland in to uh, let us know about that, if he's there, Roland. Uh, there we go. Hello, there everybody. Uh, yeah, so just following on from what people have been saying earlier and, and saying the next step might be to send rigs to people's houses, etc. cetera. We, we've been sending rigs to people's houses. Um, we've developed a sort of, uh, I mean, it's as close to a one-box solution as we could which incorporates interface, computer, um, and uh, industry standard boom and labs, either Sherps or Sennheiser plus DPA labs normally, um, and shipping them out to people's houses. We've got it, so it's um, pretty much you open the box, plug in the mains, and uh, you know, plug in two mics to the stand up and you're going. Um, and then we can take complete remote control of the whole system. And all they see from the user end is a video screen with wipes. Um, at their end, obviously, the Pro Tools is based at their end. So there's no sync issues for them whatsoever. Um, we're then streaming the audio back down the line to us using one of a few different codecs. Either um, we've done tried IPDTL, we've um, been using Session Link Pro as well. Um, I've cut a couple of other things I've tried to. There's the various stuff and texts out there. Um, and then also setting MIDI, MIDI time code back. I'm then chasing that at my end, or one of my other engineers is chasing that at my end. And then we're, uh, so we've got video and audio in sync. There's normally an offset to be applied, but we are hearing in real time everything that's happening. The recording's happening at their end. The setup's pretty simple. Um, 
we tend to be sending out sound, some sound treatment as well. Um, so there'll normally be a set of sound blankets um, and some stands, so you can deaden down the acoustics in whatever space you're in. Um, and yeah, we've done, we've, we've got a, two, two shows we're working on currently, um, which are, I mean, it would, be, it would be a case of down tools because there's so many cues in the shows. Um, the lead in one of the shows has no less than 100 cues in any episode, and it's eight episodes, and you know, it would just be dead in the water at this point. If we weren't able to have a solution like this, there's no way we could get her to be self-recording. Um, so, and it, yeah, it's working at the moment. We've got three rigs that have been built and are out, and there's probably going to be more coming on soon. Um, and yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing, really. There's, it's a totally evolving platform, and uh, there's still things that we haven't perfected, but the recordings we've been getting back have been, I mean, really excellent, actually. And the actor experience is pretty close to being in a studio. Once it's turned on and um, we've taken control, all they can see is the video screen and streamers, nothing else. And they're really able to just focus on their performance. And at the same time, we've got director who can be, you know, director and ADR supervisor who can be anywhere else. And then we're just supplying, we're being the sort of the sort of the tech intermediary, I suppose, between all of that acting as ADR recordist, but, um, uh, and trying to manage the various different tech things. And as, as other, others have said, there is the, the, the tech involved in running the session, just kind of keeping your eye on the ball on all of the various different things that are happening, especially because we're going down as far as like trying to control the speed of the fans of the laptop so that they're going quiet during takes and all of that sort of thing. There's all sorts of things that are having to be overcome um, as, as, as part of the process, but we've got it now to a stage where it's, um, it's, it's really giving pretty great results. And for shows where there are a lot of lines, I mean, it, it certainly does solution I'd suggest if you've got a character that just has 10 lines because um, inherently it's, um, you know, it's expensive. You've got to ship the whole system to it. The system has to be completely um, uh, sort of ster not sterilized, but sanitized in advance before sending it out. Um, and then obviously everything's got to be wiped. Everything's got to be encrypted. There's data protection issues, all of that sort of thing that has to be dealt with. So it, there, there's quite a sort of effort getting the rigs out to people and then back again and then wiping it, getting it set up for the next thing. It's best to get it to set out as possible in advance, but um, uh, yeah, as a solution, it's working. It's working pretty well at the moment, I have to say. Um, yeah. Roland, uh, so Ben here from Space Crate. Uh, I think Peregrine's just asked the same question on the chat, and um, because what you're doing is not dissimilar to what we're doing in terms of that, kind of on a technical level, of somebody driving that system somewhere else so that the actor can just be acting. I just. Exactly. Geeky question that I think Pez has just asked, which is, um, we're using TeamViewer, but I don't know what you're using to be your. Um... I've tried about four or five different things, yeah, and I same. find that I, I, I find almost that it depends on the weather as to what's going to be the best best solution. But there's the you know there's there's a bunch out there. TeamViewer is pretty good. TeamViewer can be a bit um, processor intensive, um, but yeah, there's 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 a, there's a few different ones out there really. Um, but you want something that gives you control over. You know, you want something that gives you control over the whole system. And we found a way of getting it so that they can, we can hide the window that we're controlling so that they don't have to see any of that stuff. So once we've taken it over, we're not having to send out multiple monitors with the system. 
It's just they're in the corner doing something and they don't it's care. Just, they're exactly, acting. Exactly. They're just yeah, dealing with the. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. So. Thank you, Roland. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm just reading the chat there. Sorry. Um, yeah. So just to finish the sort of presentation a bit, I uh, don't want to keep everyone here all night. Um, so just a little bit about how I did one particular project, um, which. Uh, it's kind of a, a sort of documentary feature film, festival type film, which uh, I'd been working quite closely with the director um, and he'd been coming to my place and we'd been doing some work at my place. Um, and I was kind of nominally mixing it, but he's one of those directors who likes to track lay all the way through the mix right up until, you know, you print the mix. So, so it's kind of, we got had a good relationship and things like that. And then the, the COVID thing happened. Uh, and really we just needed, we were going to go and mix it in a theater, but then, um, the festival became an online festival. So he needed a, a stereo mix that was good, that had all of the sound in he wanted that was mixed well, but was going to play as a stereo mix to be broadcast actually from Saturday for a Swiss festival called Vision de Real. Um, so basically I, I wanted to have a way to do live review and I'd, said some people talking about how uh, one of the source connect things has quite a long latency. Um, so I fiddled around with some stuff and session link pro, I didn't actually try in the end cause I got another system to work. So basically what I did was um, I installed two applications on the computer. One is I show you audio capture, which is like a little, sort of internal driver on your, your Mac, which lets you, I think it's PC as well, but it lets you internally route audio. It's a bit like Soundflower, which is, has been around for a long time. I used it uh, way back. So I, sh I show you audio captures is really simple and lets you route stereo audio. So you can actually set that as a, either an input or an output in any application in your Mac. It's just a, a driver. Um, and then I use another application called CamTwist. And what CamTwist does is basically let you take, um, take video from any source inside your Mac. So in my case, what I took was my uh, second monitor, which has the film that we're mixing on. Inside Pro Tools, I routed my stereo uh, stereo output so i had obviously one to the speakers in my mix room and then uh i sent that to i show you as well and then cam the combination of cam twist and i show you can both be put into zoom uh instead of the webcam so instead of me broadcasting my face to him i'm just broadcasting my pro tools video window and my pro tools stereo mix output as identical to what i hear in the room and then with a lot of faffing around, you have to go into Zoom and you have to uh, switch off noise reduction, go into the advanced audio settings, things like that. Um, in CamTwist, you can specify, I think, up to, uh, you might possibly be able to go more, but I could do um, 1280 by 7, so 720p video. Um, and you have to manually choose 25 or 24 frames because I think it defaults to 15 or something. But essentially, once you set that up, uh, I just make a Zoom call to the director. Uh, I, at the same time, 
for some reason, I liked the idea of having Zoom just being the feed of video and sound from Pro Tools. So I made a separate WhatsApp call um, on my phone. Uh, and then I had basically had this plugged in um, for the WhatsApp. You could do it other ways. You know, you could, I could have rooted this into to send to him or whatever and had audio passing through Pro Tools either way, but I just decided to do it via WhatsApp. And then we basically spent two days working like that. So first day we were, you know, there's a little bit of like, you know, figuring out how this works, but essentially the latency is about the same as a WhatsApp call. Uh, it was, I'd say it was maybe a little bit more. It was like half a second. So he was seeing and hearing me about half a second. So you have that slight, you know, that sort of slight overlappy thing that we get even on zoom or whatever, where, Occasionally you interrupt each other and, and things like that, but it didn't happen very much. Um, and once you get into the rhythm of how long that delay is, you, you kind of start doing that. Um, and yeah, we worked a couple of hours then we sort of, I reworked a scene and then we were basically online the whole of one, the rest of that day, all of the rest of the next day. Um, and then we signed it off and he was happy. Um, the only thing I, I mean, I definitely felt it felt to me, like I was communicating with him very much in the way I would if he was in the room, as in he would go, that's a little bit too loud, or what do you think about that? I would make small adjustments, maybe a dB, maybe two dB, and he would react to those adjustments. So, you know, I wasn't totally sure of what he was actually seeing and what he was actually hearing because I couldn't be there. But as far as the process went, it seemed like it hadn't got in the way. Um, and it did feel like if I knocked something down by a DB, he could feel it and he could hear it. So, uh, despite the compression or, or whatever's going on, it seemed pretty good. And he actually, you know, in the end said, Oh, this, this whole remote thing works pretty well, doesn't it? So, um, what's the, uh, sync between the picture and the mix output? Is that anywhere near in sync? As far as I know, but I have to say this film is not, uh, has very little uh, sync on-screen dialogue. So I, I'm, I'm, all I'm suggesting to people is this is a, a method you could experiment with. And I had good results on that particular production. But I would be, it would need further testing to A, understand what, exactly what kind of picture and audio quality you're actually receiving at the other end even though it is, you know, technically sort of almost HD. Um, and it seemed to be from his reaction good, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a busy action piece. It wasn't, um, it's quite an observational, slightly experimental documentary. So I don't know. He didn't certainly didn't complain of any sync problems. So, uh, as far as I could understand, the two things were going together, but, from what I know, it was fine. Um, whether he was making allowances for the situation and just kind of went with it and wanted to get the project finished, but it seemed to go well. But I'd be happy to uh, do a test with somebody if, if anyone was interested at some point and kind of um, root things. So, so, so Rob, just so I understand, what's the reason for using I show you audio and counterist rather than them? doing the same as uh, Michelle was doing and sharing uh, the screen from Zoom directly? Uh, 
somebody had told me in another context that um, screen sharing in Zoom was very laggy, but I don't know. I haven't tested it. Uh, I, again, I just went with, I'd, I'd heard two things. One was that direct screen sharing in Zoom wasn't that great. And somebody else had told me um, that Source Live, I think, or Source Connect, whichever one, had a significant delay. So for that yeah, reason, it's not I just, very reliable. It's not reliable for that yeah. respect at all. It depends on somebody's internet. So if they're laggy, then they will get picture and then audio and it always looks out of sync. Right. So using Rob's method, it's, it's yeah, it, it, it's depending on your internet connection and not theirs or? I don't know. It could, it could, it could be exactly the, the same. It could yeah. be exactly the same. I don't know. No, just curious. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just add one thing to what you're saying there. Um, I, I'm sure everyone or lots of people are doing this, but I, I, when I'm doing my sort of sending session, I then got a laptop where I'm logging in as like a remote user, um, and it's so hit and miss. Like, I'm, you know, I know obviously my system is is going out to wherever the streaming server is, and then back to my laptop, um, so in and out of my house connect, you know, connection effectively. But it, one day it'll be absolutely fine. The next day I can barely get the picture to play. So, I, you know, and I don't know what the reasons for that are other than probably internet bandwidth around the world, you know, and I don't think any of these systems, unfortunately, where we're streaming the video is going to be the solution. You know, we're all going to have to just bite it when it, when it fails a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. Because even when we're watching TV, it's going to be affected by what else is happening in terms of if there's like live football or something like that, then you're going to be on a lower bandwidth. So, um, yeah, I'm sure. I just noticed, uh, I think it was James Feltham in the chat was saying he'd use the same method as me and somebody had commented that the sync was better than screen sharing Zoom. So, are we, all just, are we all just using the wrong technology? Like, I think about all of the teenagers and children streaming endless stuff on Twitch and YouTube where they just stream full HD and they stream their audio. Like, what am I missing that those, these people seem to be streaming? I know, that, I know it's not secure, it's just on YouTube, but they're streaming just like full HD, like it's nothing. And they have multiple different images overlaid uh, and it's all this, they're playing back audio in perfect quality. Could you find but, someone young and ask them? Yeah. I'll ask my to... son. He's always on it. That's probably why my internet's so laggy. <laughs> some, some, somewhere in there, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not understanding, but somewhere in there, like, there'll be a way. Just, what happens if we just set up, a, I know it's not secure, the security problem, set that aside. If you just set up a YouTube stream and people just logged in, what would happen? I just want uh, to say that. I might be I, wrong. I think Isn't it because I, we're sending separate audio from picture? Because we're sending audio out of Pro Tools. Well, that, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying is that they yeah. use things like OBS to create to create a mixer. They do the video and audio mixing locally, and then they send it as one. So it's, it's no longer separate things that are, that are set out into, into the world as separate sync streams. It's all established locally. So I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, I, I looked, I was playing with OBS for quite a while, Mark. Um, what I, I mean, ultimately what I think I would probably do next because of security concerns about Zoom is probably just go with um, Session Link Pro for the next one, maybe, I don't know, but we'll see what happens. But I was looking at the logical extension of what you were saying is OBS. So I actually looked at private YouTube streaming, which is possible, but you know, security wise, yeah, who knows. Um, the next 
phase of, of what I was looking at. I mean, uh, it seems to be using OBS. You can't, most of this video streaming technology seems Windows based, but OBS obviously is, is pretty good and it works very well on a Mac and lets you do all that kind of like bringing, bringing you know, picture in picture and all that kind of stuff. Um, but getting that to interface uh, through a, like a dedicated video server. So if I was in any way computer savvy or network savvy, I'd take that slightly unused iMac that's down there and I'd turn it into a dedicated video server. I'd stream from my Pro Tools through that, through a single firewall, and I would make a direct stream to the director who, or actor or whoever I'm wanting to work with and then bypass all of these services. So I'm sure there's like somebody who could set that up, but um, that for me would make sense as the, the logical extension of that. But I think those services you mentioned that the gamers use, I, if you look, start looking into OBS and things like that, it goes into those, but it's kind of the opposite of what we want. It's people who want to share it as widely as possible. Whereas what we want is it as closed in as possible. And, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the technology, the technology it's, it's like really, really close to what we want, but it's not quite. Then it could be, it could be that there's a long delay. Like they, they seem like they're, they're in sync and they're high quality, but maybe they're 20 seconds behind. But I think that's the trade-off, isn't it? It's packing it all together to stay packetized and in sync, but that process takes time. So yeah, isn't, isn't that the case that the streaming is, is just one way as well? They have text chat, yeah. but actually they're only sending yeah, out. They're exactly. not receiving back like a conference that's or right, trying to yeah. record a microphone through, through the internet. It's easy well. enough to do it in sync if you're only Indeed. doing that, I guess. Indeed. So maybe there's a way of doing that and combining it with a, a separate system to do communications. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe there's a, a wall there that stops it being useful. Well, the, I, the one thing I thought about um, for communications is obviously, well, I was using, for that I used Wi-Fi, although I moved my router, which was a bit scary, but now I'm wired uh, for that, for the next review of something. But obviously you can use 4G for like a, you know, a comms line, which then reduces the sort of bandwidth in some sense or reduces the demand on the system. Right. So maybe multiple, maybe use zoom for the conference and session link pro for the record and yeah, something like that, perhaps. I think it's what tends to yeah. happen, Jamie. Yeah. Let's make yeah. it as complicated as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got time on our hands. We can we'll figure it out eventually. That's kind of, it's kind of what we've all been saying in a lot of ways. There are so many different, tools available and it's just picking the right combination for one what you're doing this afternoon and two what you're going to need to do over the course of getting a project finished and picking the right things for the right you know well every situation is different depending on where the it. actor is what they have what equipment they have how technically they're you know they can do things so th there's so many issues along with it plus internet bandwidth etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah Fun times. Um, I guess we're getting towards people's tolerance level. <laughs> it's bedtime. Is it bedtime yet? Um, the night is still young. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Is uh, anyone else want to throw any questions at the panel while we're all here together? Um, um, I, I was just going to ask, is it worth starting to put all of this information into a database? Like all these comments that are coming up in the chat window. Um, like I'd hate all that to get lost because that's all sort that's of very kind of you to offer Steve uh, it is yeah but unfortunately I can't type um, uh, yeah so I think that would be a lovely idea for someone else to do that thanks Ben I'm just seeing a thing that says save chat 
on the side of the yeah, chat the, window. Yeah, the chat won't save. The, the chat won't save if you don't actively do it. I, I'm sad that I lost my chat from yesterday uh, for my presentation. Mm. Uh, there's some and, interesting chat about Discord and things like that that all the kids are using for their streaming, which is probably like you were saying, Mark. That's probably the, <laughs> what we need yeah. to start tapping into. <laughs> um okay uh any last thoughts any any last comments before we can i just add a, a, a little amusing story of of the one that worked out as a result please do simon uh so i had a call could i uh, sort out some mics to match what they'd used on the set send them off to the actress in devon um they were going to self-record I started asking questions and said, okay, so how's this going to work? And they said, well, uh, you know, we've got it all sorted. It's all going to be fine. You know, it's not going to be a problem at all. So I sorted out all the mics and I ma matched the radio mic that the recordist had used and I matched the, matched the boom mic that he was going to use. I, uh, that he had used, sorry. I festooned all this kit with, I set it all up. I did shouty level at a sensible distance and set all the gains, marked everything up. This one's a line output, this one's a mic in, uh, output, don't put 48 volts on it, blah, 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 blah. Dealt with everything. And then I, I and the more I thought about it, the more I thought this is gonna be a, a nightmare because they haven't even worked out what they're gonna plug it into. And I rang the, the person I've been dealing with and said, um, how does this work? Because, you know, I can't see that the actress is going to be able to sort this out on her own. It's all very complicated. Oh, don't worry. Her partner's a multi-million dollar selling recording um, celebrity. And he's, good, he's just going to do it all in the home studio. <laughs> well, there's your answer. That's what we should all do. <laughs> so... So just one more as a quickie. I spoke to a sound recordist chum today who went off to record um, uh, uh, William and Kate um, pretending to clap for the NHS because they clearly weren't, didn't want to be filmed doing it for real. And he was told that uh, it went, when he was booked, they said, just, uh, you know, have you got gloves and a mask and everything? And yep, yep, cool. Okay, we can turn up with all that. So they turn up on the day in their suits with their, um, in their um, posh suits, as it were, not um, not zoot suits or anything, um, and um, and they, they wait for hours, and eventually they, the the royals turn up, and uh, and he said, right, should we put our masks and gloves on now? And William must have heard him and turned around and said, oh no, I don't think so. That would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, someone mentioned in the chat about uh, international versioning. That's really interesting. If anyone, if they're dubbing actors, are they all people doing it like at home? Like, uh, because, you know, I don't know whether anyone's working on that. I looked into that a little bit, Mark, right at the beginning. A company called Zoo Digital. They do a lot of Netflix uh, language version stuff. A guy called um, Jordi Marzanal Jamali. Uh, it's a really interesting system and it, and it does basically through a Chromium browser, um, records the actor at the other end, but it's a completely proprietary system. So all of the queuing, all the videoing, all the stuff is done by them, you know, which is obviously something that we're not all used to, you know, just sending it off your picture in your, your cue sheets to somebody else and they prep it all. 
but it's a really interesting system because it takes control of the microphone at the, at the actor's end and it does calibration tests like an Xbox or a PlayStation. So it pings noises and does all that sort of stuff and it can work out how reverberant the rooms are. It's another, another stage, another step, you know, um, but, but they're, they're sort of self-sufficient company. You can um, hire their services if you like. You can't run it yourself, which is where Session Link Pro I've found is very much like what they're doing, but open market. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry, I'm taking everyone's time up. I just threw that in there. No, thanks for that. Um, right, I'm, I'm actually considering pushing the button marked unmute all, which hey. will unleash, unleash like audio chaos. We have always had the option to do that ourselves. <laughs> do a crowd session. Crowd is on. It's on. Somebody record this. It's great to see you all. Uh, Miss you all so much. Thanks, everybody. You too, Dennis. Cheers. Bye. Thank you very much. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this talk, and thanks again to all the contributors for taking the time to share their experiences. We had over 100 participants in this group, and many of them contributed even more information via the online chat, so we're going to publish that chat along with this podcast. The event itself was brought to you by AMPS, and we also have other Zoom-based activities in the schedule, including our regular socials that are now keeping our members connected around the world via webcams. If you're interested in joining AMPS, then you can find more information on our website, amps.net. You can also get involved with the podcast by emailing us at ampspodcast at gmail.com or following us on Twitter, which is at ampspodcast. We're always open to ideas and collaborations, so it'd be great to hear from you. Thanks for listening.